0: Paper Mario, the Origami King, is the latest Nintendo Switch game that puts you in control of a 2D sticker character in a 3D world. Sound weird? Yeah. Also, what do you want to see in a Nintendo Switch 2? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is CNET editor-at-large and aspiring improv artist Scott Stein. Thanks for joining me, Scott. Hey, thanks. Uh, So I've never played any of the Paper Mario games, so for my sake and for some of our listeners... What is the premise of these games?
1: Yeah, so Paper Mario has been like a pretty long-standing genre. And it's like one of the many subgenres that Mario has split into over the years. Uh, it, it's very much like a kind of an RPG. And uh, the Paper Mario games have been these these really weird concepts where you have like a 2D Mario character in a 3D world or having 2D and 3D elements combine. Uh, have you ever played the old game on PlayStation Vita called Tearaway? It also kind of had elements like that, weirdly enough. But um, but but um, that's like a deep cut. These games are kind of like RPGs, but very light RPGs. And the last one was on the was on the uh, Wii U in twenty sixteen. Now uh, there's a version, a new game on the Switch, and it's the first Mario game that we've seen since last year with uh, Super Mario Maker two.
0: How does Origami King build upon the franchise?
1: Like, is it? Is it basically more the same thing, or is it is is there something fresh about this? Well, I've never played all the games, so it's it's tough for me. I played some of the Mario RPG games, which are also made by the same developers and kind of a little different. Um, you know, some of those games feel more like role playing games. Some of them, like this game Super Paper Mario back in two thousand seven, was like a more of a jumping platform game. This this feels like. A very simplified role-playing game, in that you go through. There's a town that, where where the castle's been stolen. Uh, you talk to characters. You go to a shop to get items. You're you're then attacking things, but then it goes into a turn-based battle. So those things become very. You have to like move enemies around in order and then hit them with certain weapons. So that's very RPG-like. But the rest of it is like you know find little hidden things, um, toss confetti in the air to open up little secret doorways and discover hidden bits so there's like hidden bit stuff which is part of mario games but the rest of it is not too uh not too twitch platformy there's a little bit of that um guess what i'm saying is that it feels kind of like a casual rpg and that's fine and can get very interesting over time it may not be the mario game that everybody's looking for
0: so ultimately like is this game worth it and i guess more importantly did your kids enjoy it
1: well Unfairly, because of the deadline on this on this preview uh, deadline, I didn't actually have them play it, oh. <laughs> even though they were looking over my shoulder. But that also points to one of the issues for families, which is that the Switch sometimes is not great with multiple people playing, and this has one save slot So per profile. Sometimes games have multiple save slots, so I wasn't going to be giving it to them to screw up my save slot and reboot it, <laughs> which is selfish. But all, you could create a separate profile with its own save slot. But the way switches work, you know, account management's weird. You have to do it on the same switch. If you go to another switch, you're using the same user profile and you can't really do that. So that's a whole other right. gripe I have. So the point is, I think my kids would really like it. Um, for me, it was fine. I actually wanted it to be weirder. Uh, and maybe it gets weirder over time, but sometimes Mario games can have a really weird sense of humor. This is a fairly weird sense of humor, but it doesn't go into the truly truly shocking or, or, or wacko fourth wall breaking that I thought it would.
0: Let's talk a little bit about Nintendo Switch even more broadly. I've noticed over the last couple of weeks, the gaming industry has had a number of events. Sony, Microsoft, Ubisoft has one coming up this Sunday. Nintendo has been relatively quiet. What do you, what do you make of that?
1: Well, I think Nintendo really, Nintendo is so hard to read all the time. And I mean to say that, you know, other companies will will announce these big tentpole uh, announcements like the Sony or Xbox going through the games, talking about, you know, whether it's a real event or a virtual event. Uh, Nintendo has E3 or had E3 in the past, but they've leaned on these direct events, uh, you know, little video feeds for a long time now. And surprise announcements that could just hit, like, any hour of the night. You know, suddenly uh, there's a new Switch Lite, or suddenly there's Ring Fit Adventure, or there's Labo VR. These things just, you know, came out of the blue with no heads up uh, on a random day. So that's why it's really tough to tell. I think that Nintendo, by, by all reports, was going to announce a bunch of games at E3. And this is, like, the 35th year of Mario, The anniversary would be called. The 35th anniversary of Mario. And Paper Mario seems like part of that. There's also talk that a lot of classic Mario games uh, might be ported over to the Switch. Um, So I think that Nintendo is such a nostalgic company and the Switch is doing so well. I think a clear direction when we don't know what games are coming would be that they just go into the back catalog and start dumping more stuff out you've got like more remasters basically yeah i mean there's all the like super mario galaxy and 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 mario 3d world there's a ton of games like that plus like all the snes games that they keep dribbling out or like where are the n64 games so like there's there's clear there's clear directions that that they could go to make a lot of people happy plus like the wii u still had a lot of great games that could easily be brought over like pikmin 3 so you know that may not sound tremendously exciting for someone looking for a new game, but for people who never played those games, it, it could fill the catalog for, for a while. But I still wonder when what Nintendo's going to do with hardware because I'm interested in that.
0: Yeah, that's the next big question. The Nintendo Switch, I mean, there have been rumors on and off about whether or not we'd get some next generation console. What are you hearing?
1: Nothing. And you know, earlier this year, uh, Nintendo made a statement that there, uh, that there is no Switch 2 you know, anytime soon. That being said, there were reports in the past that alongside the Switch Lite, there would be a Switch Pro or some sort of an advanced Switch. I mean, the Switch is three years old and Nintendo's console hardware with TVs never really evolved, but their handhelds evolved constantly. And I was looking back at the 3DS evolution. You look at every year, every year about, or or two years, they would have a new variation. And so it's like evolution by constant little steps, larger screen, uh, extra little buttons with the new 3DS, the 2DS, uh, the Switch Lite looks like a, a piece on that path. I think the, the logical next step would be a, a Switch XL because it, maybe you call it that less than a pro because the Switch is three years old and it's got it's got some clunky, creaky things about it. Uh, you know, the Joy-Cons break for a lot of people. The dock is awkward. Um, You know, those are just a a couple of things. I think the screen could be bigger while reducing the bezels pretty easily. Uh, Right. Another thing would be, I think a processor upgrade would be interesting and wouldn't break the chain because the Switch does this double processing where it does 720p on the Switch but 1080p on TVs. But, like, why not have 1080p on the Switch on a larger screen? That way you don't have to, you know, do that weird flip thing and then make a smaller dock that I'd like a smaller dock that would just be something like third-party manufacturers already do this, but those don't always work the way I'd want them to. So I feel like that Bluetooth audio is an obvious one. Oh yeah. I feel like Bluetooth for me is a big,
0: like the fact that I still have to plug in, find a headphone with a plug. Ridiculous. You know, when I'm, yeah, like in an age where Bluetooth headphones are kind of, that's the
1: default. It's, it's a little weird. It's kind of like the last device I have that, it is the last device I have that has wired, well, that and like weirdly VR headsets where I prefer doing that. I
0: mean, they my, my laptop. I'm, I'm saying this as I wear headphones that are right. tethered to my laptop, so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, there's that. And like, I do think the Joy-Cons could be improved. I think that has to be done carefully because I, I, I think that right now there are a lot of accessories like Ring Fit and Labo, even if Labo m- might be, you know, I don't know if it's dead or whether it's resting, but like, um you know those joy cons fit very specifically so i think you keep the general structure but i would want them to be sturdier and i like the d-pad being put in like the switch Lite, and they should do analog triggers the the those weird clicky non-analog triggers i i think are really out of touch with the where the rest of gaming is and i think you could get a lot out of analog controls on the switch but I, they do have a good thing going so i don't know how much you really want to change but it's about how much you want to Evolve to just make it nicer, especially when you can't even buy the original Switch right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the great transition because I was—I mean, they were clearly a hot item early on the lockdown as people figured out or tried to get something to to pass the time. Are they still pretty hard to get?
1: Yeah, incredibly. Well, the the dockable Switch is incredibly hard to get. You know, you can see like tweets about availability, and I'll look, and they'll be on there for about uh, a couple of minutes, or maybe, or then they're gone. Uh, the right. Switch Lite is pretty available, and I think that the, the tragic thing about the Switch Lite, and I just re-reviewed it recently, is it is good. I play on it all the time, but w- when you lose that docking element, uh, you yeah. take away so much multiplayer from families right now. When you're when you're at home, uh, it's just a different proposition. It's more of a hey, everybody get a Switch versus we're all going to play one Switch. And I, 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 yeah, I think that's a shame right now, considering how we're we're all stuck with what we've got. So hopefully, yeah, that out. was
0: and that was clearly a system that was designed to be on the go, portable. You take it out with you. Right. Except none of us are on the go anymore. We're not going out as much. So,
1: yeah, yeah none of us are on the go. And it's nice. that It's one hundred dollars you know, cheaper. Um, that that is definitely important. But yeah, I think that we once you introduce magical transforming flexibility, I'd want to stay with that. You know, I don't, I don't like the idea that I have to stick to just a handheld. So maybe Nintendo, I'm sure Nintendo won't fix that with the light, but they could address building a better main switch at three years in that does seem overdue. Maybe they were going to announce it this year. Maybe they're not now. It's really hard to read, but I think it is overdue to do that. Okay. That's a wrap. If
0: you have any questions, drop us a line at the daily charge on Twitter can check out Scott's full impressions on Paper Mario, as well as all of his thoughts on the Nintendo Switch 2 on CNET.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.